So I was um, just on YouTube, you know, uh, looking at certain videos and trying to find some information or interesting things from the past. So I came across D Danielle Cabral's uh, YouTube channel. You know, she has um, this YouTube, YouTube channel called The Bougie Mama or something like that. And, you know, I decided to just look at some of her videos. So I did that over the course of the weekend. And uh, I was actually quite surprised to see um, her strange brother is actually uh, appearing in a lot of her videos. You know, she has this, um, I think, it, I don't know if it's like a, a test, a food tasting at home or if she is hiring a chef. I can't really remember, but she has this night at home and she hires a private chef and you know he's making some delicious food for her and her guests and she's super excited about it from what i understand it's like a private chef slash good friend of the family as well um probably has hosted some of her events in the past so some of those videos are like two years old or four years old so she's had that youtube channel for quite quite some time and uh, i was surprised to see a video from a couple of years ago um, with her brother in it because you know last season obviously I was already wrapped up and Danielle said at that point that she had not speak to her brother in over two years but we could still find some videos of her and her brother on YouTube that are two years old and uh, it seems like her and her brother had a very good relationship from what you could see in the video like he was pretty much always there right with her and his fiance as well uh, or girlfriend at the time I'm not sure if he was engaged or if she was just a girlfriend at the time but you clearly see that the brother was in her life so it is interesting to um, people are still wondering what happened between them but I'm not necessarily going to dig because he's not on the show but it was interesting to see him there in her bougie mama videos but the fun fact that I find found out about uh, when it comes to Miss Danielle Cabral is um in one of her videos she has a mozzarella party okay and uh, well she's trying to host a mozzarella party and she is basically shouting out that company that um, comes into your home and does a mozzarella party just like the one that we've seen on the show uh, last season with Danielle so that video is like a couple years old if um, I if I remember correctly I think it's from two years or three years ago okay and I did not know that the guy um, the owner of that business of the mozzarella business you know that comes into your home is actually Danielle Cabral's ex-boyfriend and he actually appeared on the show but on the show she did not introduce him as um, her ex-boyfriend well maybe she did to the ladies or maybe the ladies already knew maybe she did and it got cut out on the editing room at the editing room but we the viewers did not know that um, the guy that hosted the mozzarella party with her was in fact her ex-boyfriend now we're not talking about Giacomo right because you know there was that gorgeous guy there and all the ladies were just like "Ooh, he's cute well not that guy that guy Giacomo I believe is the guy's brother but the other guy 
that was there. That was Danielle Cabral's ex-boyfriend. So if you can't remember what he looks like, he does appear on the show. You can go back to watch that episode. I believe it's like in the earlier episodes of uh, last season. And I just wanted to share that with you all because I was unaware of that. So I thought that that was a fun fact to share with you all. Okay, so there has been a lot of chatter about Melissa Gorga and her PR or publicist or that guy, um, what's his name, Irna? I can't remember. Anyways, everyone knows who I'm talking about at this point. And I'm going to make this one very short because I feel like it's not that important. Like, I feel like people in that industry, they get rid of their PR person like, all the time um, it's not uncommon for someone to part ways uh, in business or to find another person to uh, do the PR for them so I don't really understand why everyone is making such a big deal over the whole thing especially this guy's not on the show like we've seen him on the show we've seen her him at you know attending Melissa Gorga's events at her fashion shows like obviously we've seen him on the show but I don't think we ever see Melissa talking to him on camera. So I don't understand why there's like such big hoopla when it comes to the whole thing. People get rid of their PR people all the time. And from what Melissa said in her podcast last week, um, basically she hired a full-time assistant and she is still um, doing business with uh, her former PR guy, right? So on a deal-to-deal -deal basis. So everyone is trying to say oh you know it has to do with that rumor because he showed his loyalty to margaret and then you know melissa couldn't fire him right then and there because you know it would have been suspicious yeah they like i don't know where people is are getting all of this information like it sounds like a very good story but so far no one has been able to back up anything so at this point i'm just gonna classify that one in the category of gossip just simple gossip right and then people are saying oh you they stopped following each other on social media you know they removed all of the pictures that they have together i don't know like i haven't seen that like from what i could see melissa still follows him on social media from what i can see he still follows her from what i can see they were together last week at um, Melissa's cousin-in-law's house and they seemed like they were fine um, in Joe's podcast la last week Joe said that that guy is still family like still consider him like family there's no issues there on that front so I don't know like to me just based on the fact that they still follow each other that they were in each other's company last week um, you know, he still, if you go on his website, he still has pictures of Melissa and events that he did with her. So I don't know what, you know, everyone is saying at this point, but to me, it seems like they have just, you know, Melissa has just hired like a full-time person and they're just dealing with each other on a deal to deal basis. So I'm just going to believe what Melissa is saying. So since we're still on the topic of Melissa Gorga. Okay, so I have to actually mention that because last week, um, Dana Wilkie and Kim D did a live interview together on YouTube. And of course, I watched, I didn't watch it live, I watched it later on. And um, eventually, you know, last week I covered the whole topic about that girl, right? That Nicole girl, that casting agent who had 
a lot to say uh, about who she thinks Melissa was. I don't know how many years ago. So anyways, um, Dana asked Kim D about the interview, right? And she said that the other podcast, um, David with David Yontef, um, that he had an interview with, with, with Nicole and what did Kim D think of that, right? So do you guys remember last week I said that I felt like there was probably a mole in Kim D's Patreon or someone that is on Kim Kim's Patreon and reported back to David that Kim was planning on having this Nicole girl on her podcast, right? Because for those of you who have not listened to my previous episode, let me just give you a refresher. Might not have been the, the one before this one, but maybe a couple of episodes ago. So anyways, uh, to make a long story short, Kim D had the girls from All About Their Truth on her podcast, okay? Uh, so behind the paywall, it's on her Patreon. You cannot find that interview anywhere else, right? And I'm not playing any recording because obviously that's not fair. It's behind her paywall. So I have to respect that. But I could always tell you what it was about. So at the end of that interview with the girls from All About Their Truth, Kim D did not mention the name of that particular girl, Nicole, but she said that she had someone from the past that um, wanted to come out and tell the truth or what she perceives as the truth and uh, talk about Melissa's past. So then the two girls from All About Their Truths encouraged Kim to do so and, she, and and they were just like, yeah, you should have her on, right? So then Kim's like, okay, you know what? Maybe I will reach out to her. I think I'm gonna. Like, thank you girls for your opinion. I value what you say to me. You are my mentors. I take everything that you tell me like at face value. So let me reach out to this girl kind of thing, right? So <laughs> the, the following week, David Yontef released that episode with that girl, Nicole, right? So in my mind, I was thinking, oh my gosh, like he probably just like reached out to her first and conducted the interview and released it. That's what I or originally thought. Turns out, and I did not know this guys, but now I'm sure you know, but it turns out that Kim D and David had already done the interview together. They already had done the interview together. And then I guess because of um, the situation right now between Kim D and David, Kim D does not want to be involved with anything that has to do with David's podcast. Okay, she was clear about that. Um, during her life with her life with Dana Wilkie but um so she said that um she was part of that interview that it was already recorded before when she was still on the podcast with David and that because I guess they don't have like a like they didn't have a real agreement like between David Yontaf and Kim D they didn't have a real agreement or she didn't sign a release or something like that they don't have like a, an official contract between the two of them according to Kim D that's what she's saying right so I guess she said that her lawyer dog Anton sent some sort of paperwork to David basically uh, telling him that he can no longer use Kim's likeness or like past inter like that kind of stuff, interviews and stuff, right? So David took the interview that they had previously recorded together and he removed Kim's 
voice. And then it's just him in that interview. It's just him and Nicole, right? So I don't know if he did that like on by 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 himself on his own. Like I, maybe he used AI technology. Um, maybe he hired someone to do that, or maybe you know, like because that's like pretty sophisticated. I don't know how to do that. So maybe he does. Like he works a lot, or maybe he not he knows the right people that can do something like that. But now it kind of makes sense, guys, right? Because when you listen to the actual interview, at times um, that Nicole girl sometimes her responses they seemed a little off or she seemed very scattered and it wasn't like completely natural so i think they try to do their best like with editing and try to make the interview flow but i think that's why at times her responses don't always seem to match the question you know and that's probably because they had to edit quite a bit of kim's um, questions in there right so I thought that that was very interesting one thing that I will say though um, you know um, I think they not covered that when she spoke about it privately but not necessarily during her live with uh, with Kim D but uh, she asked him if she believes this Nicole girl and then Kim said yeah I believe her she has no reason to lie and all of that you know I have something that I find kind of interesting when it comes to that whole situation. So here it is. You have this Nicole girl that that is friendly or friends with Kim D. And Kim D says, this girl has no reason, reason to lie, I believe her. There's another person and her name is Jen DeDolce, who used to be Melissa Gorga's uh, friend, like a good friend. We've seen her on the show and even Melissa said she was in her wedding. So this girl that Jen DeDolce is also friend, friendly with Kim D. Okay. I've heard Kim D say this multiple times in interviews. I think even on the podcast with David, she said that. So she is friendly with Jen DeDolce. A few months ago, Jen DeDolce did an interview with, um, Andy, I believe the real Andy of Beverly Hills. And she just wanted to, I, I'm actually not sure what she came to talk about because we didn't really learn anything uh, that we didn't really already know. But anyway, she did an interview with them and she said about the whole dancer thing, right? She said that uh, she was friends with Melissa back then and that she knows that she wasn't. And you know, that was just basically a bunch of lies. She knows that Melissa was never that. That's what Jen said. And it's important to note that Melissa and Jen do not speak to each other. They basically don't have a relationship since Jen tried to come on the show and trash her. So it would be in her advantage to, you know, tell the truth since she doesn't really like Melissa. But still in a moment like this, she said that, that those rumors were not true, that she was never that, right? So I've also heard Kim D say that, Jen DeDolce does not lie and that, you know, she believes Jen, like maybe she believes Jen's for other stuff, but she also said that she doesn't lie. So in that particular instance, someone's lying, you know, and it, you can't be friends with both women and say, well, I believe you when you say that. And I believe you when you say that, like, which one is telling the truth? I don't know. I don't care. I feel like it's such an old story. But I find it very interesting that both women are friends with Kim D and they're saying two completely 
um, opposite things about Melissa. Jen, who was very close to Melissa and actually in her wedding, says that Melissa was not or was never a dancer. This other girl casting agent over there who has lots of people that are pissed about her, uh, uh, they're saying that she has stole their money, not provided the right products to her, the pictures were not of good quality, she has changed company names a hundred times, she has moved all over the country, like, you know, there's reports of like, you know, at the Better Business Bureau about this person, and this person was never really close to Melissa. Right. And she also admitted that maybe she knew her from back in the days. Maybe she knew her just because, you know, they live in Jersey, but this girl doesn't have a relationship with her and she doesn't really have a very good track record. And when it comes to that, guys, I've said it before. Your past is your past. No one's holier than thou. People can make mistakes. But there is one thing that I would say. If you steal money from people, if you steal, let's say that it's true. I'm not saying that she is, but let's say if that those allegations about this Nicole girl are true, okay? If you steal, it means that you lie. You also lie, right? That's one thing that I know. If you steal from people, it means that you lie to people. Just wanted to say that. So when it comes to that whole Nicole girl, I don't give her no credibility. And to be honest with you guys, on a lighter note, I feel like at this point in time, when it comes to the whole subject of, oh, was Melissa ever a dancer? Oh, I believe this. I don't believe that. You know, Candy, you know, Candy Burris, she's doing this dungeon tour right now in Atlanta. And we've seen like, you know, Cynthia Bailey went on there and it was like, you know, she does like this thing, right? right? We're talking about Candy here. I'm surprised Candy has not reached out to Melissa and Joe Gorga as of yet. Because there's been so many rumors about them, about the whole stripper pass and dancer pass. I feel like Candy should have reached out to them and invite them to do a special at the dungeon tour. It's like, I could see Joe Gorga walk in there as the elephant man, you know, Joe, he said he used to have like that elephant, that elephant underwear thing, or like, I don't know, like he used to have that. I, I could see him walk on the stage with that. And then Melissa, he always complains that Melissa doesn't even dance for him. Then I feel like she could just do that on the stage at that point. And it's like, you know, they could turn that whole situation around because it's been like more than 11 years. People have talked about this. Nobody has been able to provide any receipts. They just brought like, you know, this lying girl, Nicole, they, they've been you know, that Angelo guy that everybody's supposed to feel sorry for. They're saying he lost his entire life. His girlfriend, she didn't want to stay with him because, you know, and, and then when David asked Nicole why, why did she break up with him? Um, just because he came on the show, so, oh, you know, they're Greek and Greek people. That's not, you know, it's kind of taboo, that kind of stuff. So because he did that and they didn't know about his former uh, past as a manager at that club, you know, his family kind of disowned him, so she broke up with him. How is that Melissa's fault? I don't understand. How is that Melissa's fault? Didn't Angelo know he was Greek before he decided to get mic'd on the show? It doesn't make any sense to me. But anyways, I feel like, you know, Candy, when she had that whole situation with Phaedra about the lie and with Portia and all of that, at, and, and then eventually they started talking about Candy having a dungeon in her home. 
So then Kendi said that at some point in time, she didn't want people to Google her name. And then the first things to come up were like the negative stuff about, you know, the, the, the rumor about, you know, the drug stuff with Portia and all of that and the dungeon. So she decided to have, you know, a dungeon tour. So now whenever people Google Candy and dungeon, that's what comes up. It's something positive. It's her tour. It's her just going across the country and doing her thing, right? I feel like at this point, Melissa and Jody should do that. Joe should come out as the elephant man on the dungeon tour with Candy and Melissa should do like a friendly dance for Joe. And then from that point on, whenever people Google their name, that's what comes up. Maybe Melissa can even perform on display with Candy. They're both singers. I feel like it would be a great match. And then down to the bottom of the search engine, you haters go. Let me know what you think in the comments. <laughs> recording from um, the last episode of Menzode with Children, uh, the first season, the last episode of the first season after Lauren and Vito's wedding. And it sort of, it kind of hits a little differently um, when you hear what Lauren was saying back then today after the news broke that her and Vito are now filing for divorce. So, um, I'm sorry if the audio wasn't loud enough, so I'm just going to paraphrase it a little bit. So basically, um, you know, L Lauren's dad is feeling some sort of way that um, Vito can now sleep in the same bed as his dear daughter, Lauren, right? Even after the got married. So that's what the whole conversation is all about. And the father says, no, he, he can, he still cannot sleep with her in my house, like in the same bed as Lauren, even though they are married. So then, um, Vito is asking Lauren to stand up for him, right. And to, to her dad and say, Hey, would you help me a little bit here? Can you talk to your father and tell him that you want to sleep in the same bed, uh, with me now that we are married? And then he asked her, or I think someone from the family asked her, are you a Manzo or are you a Scalia? And uh, she says that she's still a Manzo. And they, they appear to all be shocked by her response and say, you know, you're married and all of that. She's like, yeah, but, you know, on paper, I'm still a Manzo. It's just I'm a Scalia in the Catholic Church. And then her mother asked her, what do you feel in your heart? Like, do you feel like you are a Manzo or do you feel like you are a Scalia? And that delay that you hear in the recording is not a technical issue, okay? It's 
exactly the amount of time that it takes Lauren to answer to that question, which seems like an eternity and probably not the answer that you're looking for after being freshly married, right? So it took her forever to say, in my heart, I feel like I am a Scalia. And um, I thought that that was very interesting. You know, it could all be for fun. It could all be for the show. Um, you know, maybe it was not that deep at the time that they were filming it because I have to say with the visual, they're all laughing and all of that. So it may not be that serious, but I, I find that that is very interesting because there has been reports as early as 2017 that Lauren and Vito um, allegedly already had uh, marital issues, okay? Um, obviously, there's that information available on Reddit. Not to say that you need to believe everything that is on Reddit, but it's on there. And you can find uh, posts about this from six years ago where people are um, basically investigating and notice that Lauren took off. Because I think she had her name hyphenated by then, like Lauren Menzo Scalia. And... Um, she took the Scalia portion off of her name on Instagram and social media as early as 2017. So I guess some people noticed that and felt the need to comment on that on Reddit. And I found that information, which I thought was very interesting. So just to give us an idea of the timeline. So Lauren Menzo and Vito got married on July 18, 2015. And at that time... I did an episode on that already, guys. Um, you can go back and listen to it. But at that time, if you remember, something very important happens on that day. So the day that Lauren gets married to Vito, um, Dina's husband, then fiance or boyfriend, maybe at the time, Dave Canton. So we all know what happened to him back in uh, July 18, 2015. I covered that in my last episode, but just to, well, not my last, but a few episodes ago, but just to give you a refresher, the day that Lauren got married, um, Dave got assaulted in a parking lot. And we all know who is currently being accused of giving that order. Okay. So apparently the guy who um, assaulted Dave Kenton, Kenton was part of the Lucchese crime family, um, according to court documents. And um, so it seems like Vito and Lauren kind of like went through a lot already because it's like that's supposed to be your sacred day. You're getting married and all of that. But meanwhile, while everyone is sitting in church and looking at you guys like commit to each other for what was supposed to be forever, something else very ugly is happening um, to someone that is your family or about to become your family, right? So that was like Dina's boyfriend then. And then a year later, after Lauren and Menzel got married, I don't know if you guys remember this, but um, Vito has a relative that disappeared at some point in time. And um, if you were on Twitter or on social media, most likely Twitter, because Instagram was not, well, it was there, but it was not what it is today, right? So most likely uh, you'll see those tweets on Twitter from all the Menzel clan. So you see tweets from Caroline, 
from Albie, from Lauren, from Christopher um, Manzo. And they're basically putting it out there that someone very close to Vito's family has disappeared, right? I don't know if it's a cousin, but they just keep on referring to him as a relative. So you can actually find in the archives, um, it's uh, on the Bravo website, it's called and I'm sorry, just full disclosure, guys, um, it gets a little dark here. So if you don't want to listen to that kind of content, just fast forward. So it says the title of that article on the Bravo re website is Body of Vito Scalia's Relative Found, Police Chief Confirmed. So the body of, and then it gives the name of his relative, um, just by respect for the family, I'm just not going to say the name. But let's just say that the last name is connected to like a very famous or infamous last name. Okay. Um, so then they talk about that and they said that the relative's body was found in the Hudson River after the family reported him missing on Monday in Hoboken. And at the time of um, his death, he was approximately, I think he was 24 years old or something like that. So yes, so just to give you an idea of the timelines. Vito and Lauren got married in 2015. Then Vito's relative um, was found in the Hudson River a year after. And he has, you know, a last name that is a little bit controversial, not to imply that there's any ties there, but you probably see where I'm going with this. And then the year after that, you know, they had their uh, baby, I believe, which is um, their little girl. So, Marky. So, you know, it seems like in in the first few years of their relationship, there was a lot of stuff going on. And then, with the, you know, there's been reports since 2017 that Lauren and Vito were having marital problems and that Lauren was not, you know, associating with the Scalia's last name. So I've seen a lot of people online ask questions over the years to Caroline about the whole thing. And I have to be honest, I've asked myself the same thing. Uh, we didn't see a lot of Vigo. We saw a lot of like, uh, even Lauren, I would say. We didn't really see a lot of Lauren. We saw a lot of Caroline with um, her granddaughter. And we saw the boys with um, their niece, Marky. We saw a lot of pictures of that. And then once in a while, we would see Lauren, but never really Vito. Like, you know, very oddly, like at a party here and there, maybe a Christmas thing, we would see him in the background. But he never, they never looked like they were together to me. Like he was in the room, but it didn't look like they were a couple to me. According to my eyes, that's what I saw. And then I remember Caroline um, always kind of defending the situation and saying, well, you know, they both work a lot. Um, Vito works a lot. Lauren works a lot. Like, that's very important to them to have, like, you know, two successful businesses. So me and my husband are, like, caretakers for Marky Girl and all of that. So that's basically the narrative that Caroline Menzel put out there over the years. But I remember thinking, you know, it's good to be close to your grandchildren, but at some point in time, it felt like it was just like always Caroline having the baby, right? And I often wonder if Vito's family had equal access or in like equal opportunity to see little Marky as well. 
because, you know, I didn't really see any pictures uh, of them with the little girl, right? So I don't know. I don't know what happened on that front. A lot of people like to say that Lauren um, looks her best self right now and that she probably had never dated before and now maybe she wants to date. I don't know if that's the case or not. I'm not uh, with them behind closed doors. She does look great. Um, her body looks amazing right now. But uh, I don't feel like Vito is an unattractive man. Like I find he has like a nice face as well. And he's just like a little bit of a larger guy. But according to Lauren, that was her type back then, right? So just to give my own perspective on the whole thing. Um, and just from experience, from things that I've seen here, like around me uh, or people that I know and things like that. So, you know, I've seen a lot of girls, they were in a relationship before with a guy and they come from very kind of like traditional families. And, you know, it's always the girl, it's never really the guy, right? And it's kind of like, well, now that everyone knows that you're dating this guy and that, you know, it's been a few years and this is a new day, a new, a new life, you know, a new way of thinking, people will assume that you have been, you know, intimate with this person, right? Even though your parents don't want to think about that and they want to just put out the narrative that you haven't been intimate with that person, they still want people to believe that you have not, right? In traditional families. So sometimes, and I've seen it, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've seen family put pressure on the girl and say that she needs to get married to this guy because this guy has gone with her to family functions and done things with her and all of that. So because of that, she needs to marry that man, right? So sometimes girls, they're just happy the way things are. They just want to date. They want to take their time and they're not necessarily thinking about marriage. But because of the pressure that is coming from the outside and everyone saying, well, you're not going to put shame on the family name, okay? You brought this guy at a baptism, at a communion, at a wedding. Now you need to marry this guy, Right. So it's possible that at some point in time, and that's just my own opinion, and we have to remember that Lauren was quite young when she started filming the show. She was in her early 20s. And to me, that's still young, especially if you have never really dated like that before. You should take your time, right? So maybe Lauren wanted to take her time with Vito. Maybe she didn't want to get married so soon, but maybe eventually there was a lot of pressure from you know, everybody, the parents to get married, and then she decided to get married. Even if you guys remember, I don't know if you guys remember, there was some point in time, um, even on the show, when Lauren came out with Vito, and she said to Albie, um, you know, me and him were in love, blah, 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 he's my boyfriend now, because Vito and Albie used to be roommates in college together. So technically, Vito was Albie's best friend. And, um, you know, when Lauren came out with that, um, she was just like, oh, I'm in love. I'm in love. And I fantasize on marrying Vito once in a while. She was saying that to herself in her confessionals. And then after that, when things like as things started to get serious between Vito and Lauren, then it, Lauren started to change her mind. And she's like, ah, I don't know. I don't know if I actually want to get married. Like she went back and forth with it. Right. As a normal human would. So it's possible to, that she had those thoughts that she was like, yes, I love him, but is he the one? Is he my forever? And I would like to be afforded the time to think about it. But then you would have Caroline 
that would be like talking to her and be like, you felt the pressure. You felt like, what? What do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, I thought, like, I always told you that this was like the love of your life or that kind of stuff, right? So I don't know. People change, especially when they get married young. And it's not to say that if you got married young that you will get divorced. That's not what I'm saying. But people do change. They go through phases. And it's possible that after going through so many things together as a couple so early on in their, like within their marriage that they decided that it was not a fit, right? Plus, I don't know. I don't know what Caroline is like as a mother-in-law, right? She said out of her own mouth on the show that, you know, watch out, you know, for the mother-in-law, the Italian mother-in-law. She's like, that's what she said, right? So not to say that they're all the same, but Caroline tends to get in there a little bit. You know, she tends to be like very controlling um, of her adult kids, you know? She was like talking to Lauren about her weight or her business and no, like whatever Lauren would say about her business, she would be like, no, we're not doing it like that. We're doing it like this. And then the whole thing with Albie, she was like very involved, like in his relationship with Lindsay. If you remember that beautiful cheerleader, Caroline was just like, this is not a good time for you to be in love, like in her confessional, right? I want him to focus on black water. Girls are a distraction. You need to find a woman who's going to understand like I understood for your dad. And it's just like a little weird. Like, I wouldn't be surprised at this point if somebody said to Lindsay, listen, we're going to give you some money, leave us on alone. We're going to give you somebody and just like, you know, move on with your life and leave our son alone. So anyways, I find that interesting. But what a timing it was uh, for the news to break out while all of the Menzo family is currently in Italy celebrating Albie Menzo Jr.'s wedding with, um, what's her name? Chelsea? Yes, Chelsea. So they're all in Italy celebrating a new life together like with Albie and Chelsea and the entire family and the news broke out that Lauren and Vito were divorcing. Let me know what you guys think in the comments. Okay, so, you know, last week and no, it wasn't part of my episode. I wrote about it. I wrote about um, a particular topic that had to do with, um, you know, the fans of the show um, and what seems like to me to be like a cult at times when it comes to Teresa Judice. So if you have not read this um, little article on my blog, on my Substack, um, it's called the cult, uh, the, the cult that is Teresa. And it's on my Substack at housewivesrelatable.substack.com. And um, towards the end, I addressed um, a little comment or like a request, a strange request made by one of her fans on the show. So you can go and read the article if you want to find that out. But um, yeah, I watch uh, or listen or both. I do both. I listen to the to the podcast and then I just go on YouTube a few hours later just to see um, the video, not like in its entirety, just the end. I want to see what the people look like, what they say to her. And it seems like, you know, people... People have been going through some hard times, you know, um, you have people coming in there and they're talking to Teresa as if she is like, you know, an icon, a legend uh, that she has pulled them out of 
a very dark, dark, dark time. And, you know, I find it amazing that she's able to do that for some people because she is a reality TV star. Um, she does, she, she's not necessarily on a show because she has a particular talent. It's not like, let's be honest, guys, like this is Housewives, right? We watch them. It's supposed to be pure entertainment. Uh, we connect with them at times. We laugh, we love, we hate or love to hate, right? But at the end of the day, they don't have a specific talent. Like they're not like singing. They're, well, some of them are singers, but I'm saying like, you know, that's we're watching them be themselves and just, you know, showcase their life on a reality TV show. So um, there's a lot of people that come on and say to Teresa that they were in a very dark time and that she was there to pick them up because, you know, I guess her sense of humor or the way that she is, she had like this positive thing or effect on people. And um, you could tell that people's mental health has been affected. I don't know if it's just over the past three years or if it's been longer, but, you know, you could tell that people have been going through some really rough and tough times. So I thought that that was very interesting. And, um, you know, one thing that I was wondering or that I said to myself when it comes to Teresa, and I know Teresa doesn't really like to talk about the fact that she has had a stint in prison and it's a very, very, very sensitive topic for her. Um, normally, you know, if she wasn't on a reality TV show, that's something that just her, her friends and her family would be aware of. But because we basically watch her go to prison, right? And then they waited an entire year before, you know, resuming to, to filming. They waited for Teresa, right? Um, to come back on the show, like to get out of prison to start filming. So we could tell that the whole prison subject is still a very, you know, it's very, it's a soft, it's a sore spot for Teresa. So we've seen it on the show in Ireland, um, that, that actually, that scene actually gets to me a little bit like emotionally because, um, you know, they're supposed to paint Teresa's life on a beautiful wall. And then, um, the first thing that comes to Teresa's mind is the fact that she's been to prison and then she starts tearing up and she says, please guys, I do not want to see any bars. She says that, right? And she just starts crying. And you could tell this is something that really, really, really affected her. Um, the 11 and a half months that she spent away from her family, from her kids, from her husband at the time, from her mother, you know, probably very, very, very pa painful, something that, you know, I cannot imagine. So, you know, we know that this is a very sensitive thing for Teresa. And we've also seen how she has reacted in the past during interviews when the topic of prison even came about, like she got nasty and mean or rude or defensive. And, you know, she associates that, like people asking her that question, like a question about prison with people trying to be messy you know, or not a good person or not a positive person. So she gets very defensive when it comes to that. I wonder if she still goes to therapy or if she has talked about that to her therapist, because there's definitely something there, right? But what I actually wanted to say when it comes to that, that whole thing, and I'm not even, it's, 
I'm not being shady. I'm being truthful. So for those of you who think that I'm about to get shady, I'm not. Okay. I am not. It's actually something that I thought of. And, um, how Teresa has not become the face of or the voice for the incarcerated, like the peep, the women behind bars, or like I'm surprised that Teresa has done nothing since she has come out of prison when it comes to either helping the children of the incarcerated, because you know, she has talked about Gia, Gabriella, Melania, or and Adriana having like a hard time with Joe being away or having a hard time with her when she was away. This has probably affected their mental health at some point in time. She even said that the kids had to go see a therapist and all of that. So I'm surprised at this point in time that Teresa is not involved in some sort of like organization where she is the voice for the people that are behind either behind bars or their children or people that are wrongfully convicted or like I could totally see her. And I know like people could be like, well, Teresa's not an activist. Just because you're not an activist today doesn't mean that you can't be an activist tomorrow. But to me, I feel like she is uh, like a celebrity. People recognize who she is. Obviously, you have people that watch the show that say that Teresa has impacted them in a very positive manner. And if it wasn't for her, you know, the days would be very tough and very rough, right? So she, whether you like her or not, she has an impact on people or made an impact on people. So I could see that being Teresa's next move. How this woman has not like started like touring the country already and visited prisons and be like a keynote speaker and talk about her own experience, what it was like, what she left behind, how she made it through the day, um, like provide advice and, you know, which program helped her while, while she was in prison, because it's important. Like a lot of people, they say when you go to prison, you feel like you're forgotten and you are because you're, you're, you're not part of society. Right. So maybe Teresa can become an advocate for that and say, if it wasn't for yoga or for those services that they offer within those facilities, I would have lost my mind. And you also have to think about what are you going to do next when you're outside? Like, you know, it, people know that when they come out of jail, very difficult to start your life again with a criminal record. So how Teresa has not become the face of that um, since she came out, I don't know. I don't know. Like she, she could be touring the country and give advice, become a keynote speaker and truly make a difference, right? And people will say, well, Teresa's not really good at speaking. That can be coached. That can be coached. At the end of the day, this is her story. She's been through it. She knows what the story is. And um, the rest, how to put it all together, that could be coached. That could be trained. Someone can help her with that, with the material. But the content, I feel like she already has, right? And if people were like trying to be super positive in Teresa's life, I, th I think that they should push her to do something like that and have a real... You know, because housewives is not going to be forever, you know, like she needs to start thinking about the next step, I think, this woman. And at this point, it's like, yeah, you're on a show. I haven't seen the next season yet, but from what I've seen in the past few seasons, Teresa 
she's not the same Teresa from like several years ago. She has changed. Uh, she's not really having fun on the show, it looks like. She doesn't want to film with certain people because of this, because of that. So you know what? At some point in time when the game becomes too complicated, maybe you need a new game. Maybe you need something else. And maybe you need something more impactful to fulfill you. Let me know what you guys think when it comes to the whole thing. Let me know what you think of that in the comments, guys. So what do you guys think of uh, the new season of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills? Oh my gosh, I watched the first episode and it was good. I think this season is going to be good. I don't know, like I've heard a lot of rumors when they were filming, they were saying there's no drama, but I don't know, the way they pieced it all together in the trailer, it looks good to me. So I think I'll cover it a little bit, you know. Um, that last scene with Kyle, and Mauricio, you could tell Kyle is in a different state of mind. And to tell you the truth, which I've admitted to um, several times on my podcast, I have never been a fan of Kyle. I'm sorry if you like her. I just have never really liked Kyle on the show since the first season. And, um, you know, n n no bashing of Kyle. I'm just saying for me, she was just never the housewife that you know, I was really interested in, right? However, I think she is good for the show. So I have to say that. But maybe this season might be the season that I like Kyle. This episode so far, I liked her because I felt like Kyle was being more genuine, more genuine than ever when it comes to how she feels, right? Because Kyle tends to be a people pleaser and like to a fault, right? And for me, I'm not, I'm not a people pleaser. Like I, I believe you should say what you feel and you know, you say what you feel, like your, your feelings are valid and don't try to hurt someone. But sometimes, you know, when you're trying to be honest, it hurts someone anyway. It could hurt someone anyway, but I believe that you need to be honest, you know? And, um, you know, my husband says that to me all the time. Like someone will text me and be like, hey, what are you doing tonight? Hey, you want to come by and just like, you know, have a few drinks? And let's say I don't feel like it. I actually say, well, you know, today I just wanted to stay in. I don't really feel like, like it. So maybe next time, right? My husband will be like, what? Why did you say that? Why didn't you make up an excuse? Why didn't you say like, you know, like, I don't know, like you're not feeling well or that you had other plans or something like that. And I'm like, why? Why do I have to lie? I'm like, I'm an adult. Oh, I I don't feel like it. I don't feel like it right now. I'm just going to say like today I want to stay in and I don't really feel like going out. What's wrong with that? Like I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. I don't think anyone's feelings should be hurt over that. It's just the truth, right? So, <laughs> so when I say I'm not a people pleaser, I'm not a people pleaser in that way, right? So anyways, I thought that that was very, very interesting that scene with Mauricio at the end with the tattoos and he's like how many tattoos do you have and she's like I have five and she's making her little commentary at the uh, you know in her confessional and saying like well if you spent more time looking at my body maybe you wouldn't know how many tattoos I have right so Kyle right now is taking care of Kyle she's taking care of her body she's looking amazing she goes to the gym um, she does what makes her happy. She is watching what she's eating. She is watching what she is drinking. From what I understand, she hasn't been drinking. I don't know if she's not drinking currently, but while they were filming, she was not. So, you know, one thing I have to say, like she keeps on saying, I'm very clear right now. I'm very clear. And I don't think she's 
when she says I'm very clear, I don't think she means I'm being very clear with my words. Like, of course it means that, but I think that she's really talking about her state of mind, right? My state of mind right now is very clear. I can see clearly. I can see clearly now. <laughs> you know, she can see clearly now because she's not drinking. She's eating the right stuff. And, um, we don't know. Well, we know a little bit. We know that alcohol, um, intake has an inf like effect on the brain and I'm not going to bore you with all of that stuff but we do know that it impacts your way of thinking especially if you are drinking to um like you know I think women drink for different reasons than than men you know um especially and, and I'm not just talking about casual drinking just like a glass here a glass there but, and I'm not implying that this was Kyle's problem either, but obviously they're on the show, they have a drink here, they have a drink there. And um, the more you go out socially, the more you will have a drink, right? So I'm sure there is an effect on your brain and the way that you think and your decisions. And, you know, sometimes you're just trying to kind of like cope and just be like, listen, I just need to wind down, let's just give me a, a glass of wine or two or three, right? So. And even people that do recre re recreational drugs say the same thing. Like after the, the stop, you know, they can think much clearer now. You know, whatever they, they wanted to do or they were in agreement to do when they were under the influence, they don't want to do anymore. And now they're ready to just be true to themselves and just like face the music. So I think that that's an actual beautiful thing, right? So aside from that, I think I will cover it. I think I'll cover Beverly Hills. Maybe not like, you know, I never really truly recap the episode, but I'll give my opinion on some things. Last night was another fashion show in New Jersey. <laughs> Kim D had a fashion show. I was not in attendance. I did not go. Um, but um, I'm curious to see who was there, if any of the housewives attended and all of that. And you know what? It made me think of something. And I'm just going to share that with you guys. Because um, over the course of this year, I think I've asked the question to my listeners. And I was just wondering, like, what is it with Melissa and Kim D? You know, they have like this thing going on. And to me, it's kind of weird because Kim D came on the show uh, season one. Melissa wasn't there. But when Melissa joined season three, it, she seemed to be friendly with Kim. They seemed to have a good relationship. If you guys recall, Kim um, invited Melissa to walk in her fashion show. That's, you know, it's possible that production asked her to do that, right? Because it is a show. And we know that Melissa and Teresa were not getting along after the christening, the explosive christening. But M Melissa invited Kim D and Kim G over to her house for Halloween as well. And Kim D came to Melissa's house with Kim G, you know, and then they went to a club and partied together. So to me, it seems like they had um, a very playful relationship, cordial, and that they could have been fast friends, right? And there's tons of pictures of them in the past, like posing together too. So I'm not really sure what happened there. At some point in time, Kim said, uh, during the reunion that Melissa promoted a business that had the same spelling as posh. Um, to me, it doesn't seem like that's something that you could, you know, that you should fall over forever, but fall out over forever. But here's the thing. 
during her live with uh, Dana last week, Kim D, like Dana asked Kim D a question and I can't remember what the question was, but Kim D talked about, you know, the fashion show, or I think Dana's question was like, oh, you know, how do you feel about Melissa doing a fashion show? And then Kim D's response was, you know, not verbatim, but I felt her response was kind of like, well, you know, if she wants to do it, she wants to do it. Um, you know, I was doing it first kind of thing, right? And I've seen a lot of people say that in the comments as well. People saying like, oh, Kim D's fashion shows are iconic, you know, uh, basically what happened at the country club and then what happened to Melissa and all of that stuff, right? So I started thinking, and that's just my opinion. And guys, let me know in the comments what your thoughts are when it comes to that. I'm wondering if Kim, and I'm not going to use the word jealous. I don't want to say jealous but I'm, or envious, but maybe she's a little salty. I'm starting to think that maybe Kim might feel a certain way when it comes to Melissa because, you know, Kim D used to be the one who had the boutique, like a brick and mortar boutique, like posh. And the ladies used to gather there. They used to have champagne and they used to chit chat and gossip like around the desk and all of that. So that was like amazing, like free promo for Kim D. And um, then she had her fashion show, right? And things would happen at her fashion show. It was the event of the year and all of that, right? And then when Melissa opened her boutique, Envy, like slowly but surely, like, you know, we didn't really see Kim's boutique anymore. Now Melissa's boutique has become the place where the housewives go. You know, Envy is always featured on the show. Melissa's behind the desk or she's in the boutique and the ladies come and visit her. They buy clothes from Melissa. So basically the new Envy has become posh. Like posh is the, um, Envy is the is the posh, right? Of, of uh, housewives now, right? So is it Envy is the new posh? I think that's what I'm trying to say. Envy is the new posh, yes. So maybe Kim feels some sort of way about that. And now Melissa has fashion shows, right? It's been seven years. Uh, I don't think every year she's had a fashion show um, featured on the show, but Melissa has had her fashion show on the show and Kim no longer has her fashion shows on Housewives. So maybe that might be a reason why Kim's, like Kim D feels a certain way towards Melissa. Let me know in the comments what you think about that, guys. That's all I have for today, guys. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If you wish to connect with me, I am relatable underscore Stella on Instagram. You can find my videos on YouTube at Housewives Relatable. And if you wish to be part of my blog community, you can reach me at housewivesrelatable.substock.com. And as always, guys, be a fan, not fanatical. Ciao!